Welcome to Not Your Cup of Tea. I'm your host, Kelsey West. Welcome back to the second episode of Not Your Cup of Tea. I'm your host, Kelsey West. Thank you so much for joining me. Join- <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me um, on this lovely Wednesday or Thursday or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever you listen. Just thank you so much for joining. Up top to kick off this second episode, uh, there's a couple things I wanted to kind of get out of the way, a little bit of uh, admin. So number one, last week I totally forgot to mention because I was kind of nervous to do my first episode and it slipped my mind because I was so nervous, but I want to give a shout out to the musician who created my intro and outro music, Mr. Michael Clement. He is married to one of my best friends and he was so kind. I reached out to him originally just to see if he could hook me up with somebody to create the music for me because I was having a hard time figuring out like how to find somebody online and what platforms to use and what I could trust because I wanted something that was just mine, not something that just anybody could use for their music. And he responded back to me and was like, you know, I've never really done podcast music, but I would love to give it a try. And he sent me like a little snippet of something he whipped up over the weekend in between the time that we talked. And he created the beautiful, fun and funky music that you hear at the start and the end of this episode. So I just wanted to give an official shout out to Michael Clement. On Instagram, he's at Michael Clement uh, Music. Clement is spelled C-L-E-M-E. ENT for anybody who is looking for a pianist and an improv 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 improvisation improvisation coach that was way more difficult to say than it should have been but yeah so I just wanted to make sure to say thank you to him because I forgot last week and I love my music I feel like it really sets the tone for each episode and I am so glad that I have it um and that we got it where I was hoping it would be because I wanted something that was like upbeat and kind of made you tap your foot or like bob your head along to it and every time I have clicked it Uh, over the process, like as we were working things out and figuring out, you know, what sounds and instruments we wanted to use when he would send me stuff, when I would listen to it, I would instantly start bobbing along and doing my own little dance to it. And hopefully uh, you as a listener uh, feel that way too, because I think it's really cool. So up top, I just want to say thank you so much, Michael, and hit him up for any of your musical needs. Also, guys, this week, specifically Monday and Tuesday, I was in my feels hardcore, okay? I got so many messages from so many different people reaching out and saying, hey, I listened to the podcast. It sounds so great. I feel like this is going to go so well for you. I can't wait to listen. And everyone who has reached out has just been super supportive and kind and encouraging. And it was just very, I guess, reaffirming to me that, that starting this and doing this 
is a good thing and it's going in the right direction. I mean, the people who have listened so far are mostly friends and family, uh, at least that I know of. And, you know, that was kind of expected. Um, But it's like really nerve wracking to create a podcast and have the people that you actually know listen to it. It almost seems easier to have strangers listen to it because they don't know who you are and they don't already have, you know, maybe preconceived notions about who you are or who you're supposed to be, any of those things. And so having people that you know who are close to you listen to it, it kind of feels a little bit vulnerable. Uh, It was very nerve wracking for me. And so to have so many different people reach out and say such kind things to me, it just, it really did mean a lot and it kind of felt reinvigorating in a way. I was gone this past week, the, this past weekend when the first episode came out, I was out of town having a girls weekend with one of my friends and I had had the release date in mind October 15th uh, since about mid-September. It just kind of came to me for like absolutely no reason and it stuck and so I kept thinking okay I'm gonna release it October 15th but I was like that's not a Wednesday. I decided to stick with it because that's what I had thought it was gonna be the whole time anyways and uh, it just happened to work out really well because I was gone this weekend and I was in San Francisco and I went to a comedy show. I did a spa day with my friend and hung out at the the hot tub and it was just like a very relaxing and restorative weekend that enabled me to have a lot of self-reflection and to kind of meditate a little bit in that relaxed state. I think being able to do that and kind of remove myself from the fact that I had I had posted my episode was really healthy, honestly, because I think I otherwise would have uh, been overthinking it and maybe been like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this after all. But, you know, I had scheduled it ahead of time so that way when I was gone over the weekend I didn't have to worry about like getting it posted and all of those things and so it just felt like it ended up being the perfect weekend to do it because it was not at the forefront of my mind in terms of like who's listening is this gonna do well and so then when I went back to work on Monday and Tuesday and I started getting messages from family and friends saying that they listened it was just like the perfect way to go back to work after a great weekend away so I just want to genuinely say thank you so much if you were one of those people who reached out. Thank you so much for your kind words. Thank you so much if you didn't reach out and you listened anyways and you supported. It really does mean a lot to me. Uh, Like I said, this is kind of a very vulnerable thing to do. I think especially because when, you know, someone starts to do something like a podcast or become an influencer, like it kind of feels like a stretch a lot of the time. And sometimes, you know, people can be unsupportive of that and, you know, approach it with a very realistic mindset of like, well, that's not, that's not going to happen for you. I've definitely felt that way and been like, okay, well, this, well, this isn't going to go anywhere. But just having so many people respond back to me in such a positive way it it really kind of restored for me that I feel like this could go somewhere. My family and my friends are the people that I value their opinions of the most, and I care a lot about what they think. Not, not necessarily in terms of, like, what they think about me, but, like, how they view the world and what they think about the world and what they're contributing to the world and to their communities and to our friendship. Like, I care a lot about those things, and so to put something out there and get good feedback from them about that thing just really means a lot. You know, I feel like if I can make something that the people that I care about the most enjoy, then hopefully that means that other people who I don't know 
can find this podcast and they can also enjoy it because it's coming from a place of authenticity and just genuinely hoping to make a connection. Even if it's a parasocial connection, it's uh, still a connection. It's one that I'm really excited to hopefully build over time and be able to foster. So I just wanted to say thank you. Earlier this week, just thinking about it, I was getting kind of teary-eyed and emotional. Just how, how loved I felt by by it all. So I'm not gonna get teary-eyed. I'm not gonna cry yet. It's only the second episode. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off on that. <laughs> I think that might be a little much if I started crying on only the second episode. I'm not a huge crier, so maybe I won't ever cry on an episode. I don't know. Point being, not gonna cry now, but it did make me cry earlier and I just wanna say thank you for that because it does take, you know, something very touching and um, meaningful to get me to that point of, of expressing my emotion. So, okay, I'm gonna move on now before I just start rambling because I'm getting uncomfortable talking about my, my feelings. <laughs> okay, we're gonna talk now about something uh, really quickly that I am very excited for Folks, it's Halloween. I, not like as in today, the day the episode is coming out. It's not Halloween, but like it is spooky season. And I didn't mention this in the first episode because the first episode was all about, you know, welcome to the podcast, like come along for the fun ride. But this is the second episode, so we're going to get into it a little bit. Halloween is my favorite holiday. Favorite. Okay. And it is my favorite for a lot of reasons. I love a holiday that has like a very distinct color palette. I don't know why. So Halloween, the like the yellow, the green, the purple, the orange, like those are very prominent Halloween colors. I love those. Um, I love Valentine's Day for the same reason. The pink, purple, white, um, and what other color am I forgetting? Red. Duh same thing. Love that holiday for the exact same reason. Like, I, it just draws my eyes very well. Christmas, I guess you could argue, has like a color palette of like red and green, but I feel like there's so many different types and styles of like Christmas decorations that any color could be a Christmas color if you really think about it hard enough. So, and fun fact, Christmas is not my favorite. I, I actually kind of dislike it, but that's... <laughs> That's a conversation for another time. So anyways, Halloween. It is my favorite. I love the decorations. I love spooky things. Love Halloween movies. They're my favorite. Love being scared. I actually, right before coming to record this episode, I was just watching not one, but two scary movies. Sort of back to back. We had to... <laughs> the first movie kind of scared me a little bit. A little bit too much. It was called... I think it was called The Strangers. And my friend's friend recommended it to her. And so we watched it. And it's about a home invasion. It was freaky because I have a very real fear. <laughs> I have a very real fear of the atrocities that human beings can can do towards other human beings. I, I like like ghost things like paranormal spooky stories and those kinds of things. But in terms of actually being scared, I'm scared of like real people hurting me. So the idea of this home invasion and the way that the suspense just built and built and built was a little much. My heart was racing really fast, so we had to take a break, and we watched an episode of Psych. If anybody knows what that is, we watched the Scary Sherry episode, which is one of my favorites. It is a Halloween one, and it used to scare me when I was little, but it's psych, so it just makes me laugh every time. So we did a little palate cleanser, and then we watched Silence of the Lambs, and I'd never seen Silence of the Lambs before, and I've heard that it's a really great movie, and 
they were right. Whoever told me it was a really great movie, they were right. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was not as gruesome or anything as I was expecting. There were a couple moments that were a little like, ugh. But I mean, it was, it came out in 1991, I think. So it's the 90s. It wasn't not too crazy, not too um, realistic. I just enjoyed the overall plot of it. Point being, I love a good scare, love a good scary movie. I, for a really long time, I didn't watch scary movies, mostly because a lot of them are rated R, and for a long time, growing up in a high-demand religion, rated R movies were a big no-no, and so I didn't watch them for a long time. Plus, I don't like watching them by myself. It does freak me out to watch scary things by myself. If I'm with another person, it's fine, because I can kind of laugh at things and make fun of it, and not, not psych myself out, I guess. Also, you can probably totally hear Daisy's collar jingling in the background. She is going to town on a rawhide bone and just living her best life and I don't want to take it away from her because she is just chilling and having such a great time and so I apologize if you can hear her in the background chewing and her collar jingling. Quite frankly, her collar uh, jingling is one of my favorite sounds so it does not bother me but I can understand that it might bother you as the listener so I apologize. So I love a good scary movie. Basically, that's all I'm trying to say. I love a good scary movie. I couldn't watch them for a long time. And I found out like two years ago, a year ago, uh, when I moved back to California and one of my friends moved back to California that she really loves scary movies and they like do nothing for her. Like she loves watching them, but she does not get scared by them, which is a little confusing to me. But because of that, she is my scary movie buddy and so we'll watch scary movies on the weekend and we've got like a running tally of the movies we've watched so far and the ones we still you know want to watch and it's a good time and halloween is just a good time like trick-or-treating getting free candy is the best i love dressing up this year, unfortunately, um, I'm working on Halloween and I'm not going to any kind of Halloween party. So I don't have a costume plan this year. And uh, it's a little bit of a bummer because it's like one of my favorite things. And I tend to look forward to it all year long, like thinking about what I'm going to do and what I'm going to wear and getting it all together. But I've, I've just been really busy. Um, and the point of me going on that tangent about Halloween actually is the fact that I've been so behind on this Halloween spooky season that just today, and today is October 22nd, when I'm recording, I got my Halloween decorations out of storage and I put up lights and I've got fun little like skeletons and scarecrows and I have these cool like plastic creepy baby doll heads that you can put a candle inside and their eyes glow. Really creepy but they're so cool and I, <laughs> I wrapped my, my podcast microphone in orange and purple lights, and so it's just, like, so Halloween-y, and I'm, I'm snuggled up in a Halloween blanket that I love, and it's just making me feel all of the, like, Halloween is in the air kind of feelings, you know, but Anyways, I've been very behind, and so I'm currently sitting in my room that is decorated in all of my Halloween things, and it's just making me very happy. And so that's actually part of the reason why I decided to sit down and start recording. <laughs> it is so late right now. I'm not even going to tell you what time it is, because if I told you, you would gasp. Or if you were driving, you might swerve, because you'd be like, what? Why is she still awake? But it's how I am. I work a night shift. I stay up late. And I also drank a coffee earlier today. So I think I'm a little wired still. So I figured I might as well just get it all out of my system and chat with you guys before I go to bed. <laughs> so 
I'm just chilling in my room. That's all Halloween vibes and I'm feeling good and I'm so excited for like the rest of the Halloween season that is like basically a week and a half, if that. I still have a couple of my favorite Halloween movies to watch. So on the note of Halloween though, because Halloween is my favorite, okay, I am going to do a very special Halloween themed episode next week in preparation for Halloween. I might, I might surprise you and I might do two because technically, technically this week's episode would come out on Wednesday the 25th, which is before Halloween. And then November 1st is the next Wednesday after that, which is the day directly after Halloween. And so we could get away with doing two spooky Halloween episodes, but I don't know, we'll see. This is what I will say, is that plan and be prepared for a Halloween themed episode. Be prepared for all of the favorite Halloween things. Be prepared for some scary, spooky ghost stories. And keep an update on my Instagram because I will post something on there for you to share your scary ghost stories with me. I have a couple ghost stories of my own that I'm planning on sharing. I think I'm going to find some online or retell some that I've heard on some of my favorite uh, scary, like, story podcast, but I would love to hear your guys's scary stories and share them on the pod. Um, I think what I'll do is I'll share the email that I have set up for the podcast and then you can email the, you can send an email to that email with your scary story in it. That way you can kind of give a little bit more detail and, you know, everything for me because I just, I want to know everything. I want to know every single detail about it so I can envision I'm there, you know? Okay, what else? Is that it? Oh, I guess just going off of Halloween. So I like almost never have any sort of social life. So when something does happen on the weekend where I actually get to go out and like do something fun, it's kind of a big deal. And last weekend, I was away for the weekend. This weekend, I took Friday off of work and I ended up sleeping in, even though that was not originally my plan. I slept through my alarms. (laughs) And then I got up And I got to do some fun, spooky Halloween makeup, and me and my friend went to a haunted house. It's called Preston Castle. It's in Ione, or Ione, California. Not sure how it's pronounced. Too lazy to look it up on Google to say it right. So we went there, and the photos online looked really cool. I had heard from a coworker that it was one of the greatest uh, haunted houses that they'd been through. We get there the line. We waited in it for over an hour, and I was not very happy about that. I don't like waiting in lines. It's probably one of my biggest pet peeves, because I'm just not a patient person, although I have gotten better, so there is that. But we did wait for a very long time, and we finally get in there, and I I will admit, I did get scared a couple times, a couple pretty good times, but it went by really fast. Like, we were in the actual castle going through the whole haunted attraction part for maybe 20 minutes, if that. Basically, the haunted house kind of let down. There was one moment in the haunted house that both me and my friend got a lot of joy out of after the moment was over. (laughs) Basically, we were walking around this corner and they had child actors in the haunted house and they were by far the best scarers. Like, they were committed to their role and they nailed it. So, we were walking around a corner and this little girl, like, walked up behind me out of the darkness and was like, ah! And I was like, ah! 
And then there was another girl in front of us who was laying on the ground, like demonic possession style, like laying on her back with her legs tucked under her, looking up at us, which was super freaky. Like the position of her body just did not, it seemed very unnatural. And so that was freaky enough. And so I screamed at that because I, it was just not what I was expecting. And we turned the corner through the doorway into the darkness and a girl from the left popped out and went, ah, and I went, like real girly scream and then the girl a girl from the right popped out and scared me and I went ah and my friend who I was with who I was like holding onto her arm for dear life probably cutting off her blood circulation like was hunched over sobbing laughing <laughs> because I was basically just like break dancing trying to get away from these little kids <laughs> And then we tried to walk up the stairs to leave and neither of us could because we were laughing so hard at how ridiculous it was. So that was, a, that part was a lot of fun. The rest of it was a bit of a letdown. I did have one odd conversation with another child actor um, who kept asking me what was on my face because I had my makeup on, my Halloween makeup, and she kept pointing to what I thought was her eyeball. She would ask, what what is this and she'd point to her eye and I'd be like I don't know your eye and she'd go what is this and point to her eye and I was like is it your cheek I don't know is this a trick question I'm confused and then she was like on your face and I was like oh it's my makeup doesn't it look so good I know thank you like just ha 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 and she just deadpans and goes no <laughs> I'm like, you know what? At least she's honest. And then we had a little conversation. We exchanged names. Well, she told me her name, which was Lilith. It was very pretty. Not at all creepy. I think she told me because she thought I was going to think it was creepy, but it was not. It was very pretty. And then she tried to ask me for my name and I was like, um, I don't feel comfortable telling a stranger my name. Sorry. And then this little boy walked up and, and was like, what's your name? And I was like, sorry, I, I can't tell you. And I go, what's your name though? And he goes, I don't have a name. And I was like, okay, that was a little creepy. Not gonna lie. And then they kept following us down the hallway the whole time we were having this little, you know, back and forth ping pong conversation. And it was just very funny. <laughs> My friend pointed out that when we do things like that and we go to get scared, my instant reaction is to compliment them. Like the people scaring me, which is kind of odd. And I wonder what that says about me psychologically. But I would basically just be like, hey, great dress. Love it. You're tapping your shoes trying to scare me. Those are cool shoes. You are showing them off. You go, girl. Like, <laughs> I told the guy his bandana really fit his head. 10 out of 10. Like, just not a normal response <laughs> to that kind of stuff. But you know what? I think it's a good coping mechanism and I'm going to stick with it. Hasn't, hasn't uh, failed me yet. You know what I'm saying? I think I realized part of it too is like as the actors, as as the people trying to scare you, you know, they're looking for a reaction. They're looking to get you. And I'm low-key looking for the same thing. I want to say something so offhanded and like ridiculous that they break character. You know what I mean? Like to laugh or smile or like try not to smile because it just, it makes me feel good. So I think that's part of what it is, is I'm just trying to get like a reaction out of them as much as they're trying to get a reaction out of me. And it's a little bit like we're competing. So it's kind of, it's like a, it's a bit of a tug of war situation and neither of us really won. So that's kind of a bummer. Anyways, so I did that. That was my fun Halloween activity for the month. I would love to go to a corn maze. We have a corn maze here in the town that I live in, that they do every year, but I don't know if I'll be able to make it this year, so that's a little bit of a bummer. I really don't remember why I started going off on that tangent. 
Oh, I think it was just to say that I actually had a social life for once and I went out and I like did something. But you guys don't really care about that. So I don't know why I decided to tell you all that. But you know what? I'm gonna keep it in because it was kind of entertaining. If not to you, uh, it was to me. So now we're gonna get into the main part of this episode. So I posted on Instagram earlier this week and I asked what are some boring facts about yourself? And I got this idea from a tweet that I found, I think it was on Pinterest, and it is from at David Dewell, D-E-W-E-I-L. I don't know how you would pronounce that. Dewell, maybe? Um, and he basically said, he's a teacher, and he said, my new favorite thing is asking my class to share a boring fact about themselves. Way too much pressure to share an interesting fact. Today, I shared, I don't like mayo on sandwiches. One student puts both socks on before putting on shoes. Another eats a pound of turkey each day. And that was it. That was his, that was his tweet. But it got me thinking. I was like, hmm, I wonder what boring facts people would come up with about themselves. Because quite frankly, you know, this this guy, David, he's right. There is a lot of pressure to come up with like an interesting fact. I remember when I was in high school, after summer break, your teachers would, you know, ask you like when you were doing roll call, like what was the funnest or best or coolest thing you did this summer? And I always had a really hard time trying to answer it because mostly it consisted of, you know, spending time with family, you know, swimming because it was way too hot. And then I was an AP honors English kid all four years of uh, high school. I almost said college. All four years of high school. And so I was doing homework during the summer. Like, <laughs> I, I, I was kind of lame. Like, I didn't have anything interesting to say. So I kind of resonated with this idea of sharing something that's just boring. That's like, just like, oh, every day about me, you know? And so I posted it on Instagram and I had a couple of you, a couple, I had a few of you respond actually. Um, so thank you so much for participating and, and helping me out. We're going to get started uh, by starting off with my boring facts, like boring facts about me. Oh, I almost forgot to say. So the whole reason why I wanted to do this was one, I think it's interesting to see what people like their first thing that they think of when they think of like, tell me something boring about yourself, because it's something that they find boring about themselves, right? But oftentimes, it's actually really interesting to somebody else. Because there are a lot of things about ourselves that we find uninteresting, or unimportant, or you know, insignificant in a lot of ways, but that's just because we live with ourselves all the time. Like, that's all we know. That's all we're used to. And so sometimes when you share things about yourself to another person and you get another perspective or a third person point of view, it helps you realize that maybe you're a little bit cooler than maybe you thought you were or thought you weren't, you know? So I really liked this idea because I really like learning more about other people. And so we're going to get started with the boring facts about myself. So number one, this is one actually that I guess is kind of borderline interesting, uh, mostly because I thought it was something really boring about myself. And then I went to dinner a couple times with the same friend and they pointed it out to me and were like, it's weird that you do that. You know that, right? And I was like, no, this is this is totally normal. <laughs> and I guess it's not. <laughs> so my first boring fact about myself is that I will go to a restaurant to eat a, a Caesar salad. Like I will go to the restaurant, to a restaurant just for the Caesar salad. Not for anything else. Not to get like a sandwich or pasta or 
I don't know, a baked potato? I don't know why that came to my mind, but a baked potato. Like, I'm, I'm not going to get anything else. Like, I will go specifically for <laughs> the Caesar salad. I don't know why, but it's so good to me. I think part of it is that it's always really fresh when you go to a restaurant because the ingredients are freshly prepped every day versus like if you buy something from the store and you keep it in your fridge and maybe you don't eat it the day you buy it. And also it's just a general idea I think of not having to make it yourself. Like I think oftentimes a lot of food is a lot more enjoyable when you didn't have to put in the work to make it. You know what I mean? And, and it's healthy. Like a salad is healthy. I mean I guess it kind of depends on like how much dressing you put on it but for the most part it's healthy and so I think it makes me feel good about myself that I'm eating something healthy because I don't eat vegetables like ever <laughs> which is really bad and I should be better about it and I try to be better about it but I just don't like them they're not flavorful you know like fruit I can get behind fruit you know they're sweet they're they're tangy um they're I was gonna say fruity duh and, and I can get behind that, but, uh, vegetables, unless you, like, smother them in butter or garlic or salt and pepper, they're just not good by themselves. And a lot of the time when they're cooked, they're, like, kind of mushy and gross, and I just don't like the texture. So, I'm not a vegetable person. So, so liking salads is, like, <laughs> and eating salads is kind of one of the only times I actually consume any type of vegetable. <laughs> Which, like, lettuce is the least vegetable vegetable. That didn't make sense, but I feel like you might know what I mean by that. So I'm gonna move on. The other boring fact about myself is that even though I'm only 24 and I don't actually have any problems with my hearing, I can never hear things when I'm watching something on the TV. And that's not just like you know, I'm sitting in my bed watching television or on the couch watching television. It's like I've got my phone or my tablet watching something and I have my earphones in. I have a really hard time being able to hear what other people are saying. And so I have to watch everything with subtitles on. <laughs> like, it is a must. I was just telling somebody the other day that I started watching a TV show, like, re-watching re a show that I had already seen several times. I think it was Friends, actually. I love Friends. And I started re-watching it, and I didn't catch what one of the characters said, because... <laughs> so back up. The subtitles weren't on for some reason, and I was listening to it, and I didn't catch what one of the characters said. And because I'd seen it before, I knew what they had said, but I didn't actually hear what they said. And I was like, what the heck? Why, why, why don't I know what, like, why, why can't, why don't I know? Why don't I know what they just said? And it was because the subtitles weren't on. And, um, it makes me feel like an old lady, if I'm being honest, that I have to watch everything with subtitles. Even, even if I'm on YouTube, I have to turn on the subtitles a lot of the time. TikTok, TikTok, I, I don't, I'm not on TikTok a whole lot, uh, but when I, when I do get on there, it's helpful because a lot of those videos have the, like, pre-programmed, uh, words, subtitles, that go along with the video, and that is really helpful. I really appreciate that. So, way to go, TikTok, for doing something right, you know? Okay, so now we're gonna get into because those are about me. If you want to get really boring, I, I mean, I could say like, I sleep with a fan. That's kind of boring because it's hot. I get hot 
Also, I like the the monotonous sound of the fan going. See, this is what I love about the boring facts is even though it's boring, even though I would not think twice about like telling someone I just met, oh, I sleep with a fan. It's actually kind of interesting that I do that on some level. You know what I mean? Because one, it helps me sleep because it regulates my temperature and it helps me kind of like focus or maybe like not focus because it kind of helps to like create a sound that is repetitive that helps me to kind of not disassociate but just kind of like distance myself from whirling thoughts that I tend to have right before I go to bed at night and so it helps me sleep and it's super boring that it's just a fan but it's interesting that just a fan helps me sleep you see what I'm saying okay stick stick with me if you're following me this far you're you're doing good if you're lost it's not going to be the first time you get lost following me on a conversation. So uh, yeah, can't really do anything about that. Moving on. Now we're going to get into what you guys submitted. I'm going to keep them anonymous, not because anything is like super personal or revealing or anything, but just because I don't know if anybody would want me to call anybody out. So these, these are the ones I got. Number one, I clean my bedroom every weekend. That is pretty boring. I'm not gonna lie, because I think all of us do that. We all clean our room, we all clean our house, like whatever. But there was an emphasis here on every, like it was in all caps, every weekend, which is a little compulsive, but I respect it. You know, you gotta have a good routine. But what's interesting about this boring fact is why do you clean your weekend every <laughs> Why do you clean your weekend every room? Why do you clean your room every weekend. That's what's interesting about this, right? And here's why. And this is partly because I have a very strong belief that when your environment, specifically the environment that you are living in, is clean and organized to your standard or your expectation, because everybody has a different level of what they mean by like clean or organized. So to whatever level that means for you, I really believe that if you have a cleaner space, it helps your mind be cleaner, not be cleaner. It kind of lifts off a sort of external pressure that gives your mind more clarity. But I just, I feel like when you have a cleaner environment, it enables you to think clearer. And so I really love this for this person that they clean their bedroom every weekend because to me, that sounds like they're prioritizing what they know is helping them to stay more focused and like more in tune with themselves and other people throughout the week and then dedicating that time on a Saturday or a Sunday to stop and clean. And cleaning itself can be very meditative and like relaxing. It's part of the reason why I like being a custodian is because at the end of the day, you have a visible finished product. Like you see something go from dirty to clean. There's that visible difference. And so that can be very satisfying for people. And I can, I can relate to that. Okay, the next one. Purple and gray are tied for my second favorite color. Now, when I first read this, I'm not gonna lie, I was a little confused because one of my best friends sent this in. I won't name who you are, but one of my best friends sent this in and I know that their favorite color is blue. And I was so confused because I was like, how is your favorite color purple or gray? It's blue. I know it is blue. Have I just like invented that your favorite color is blue? our entire friendship? How did I mix this up? But just now, rereading rereading it, 
it says purple and gray are tied for my second favorite color. Not her favorite favorite, her second favorite. And it makes much more sense now, and I feel so much better about who I am as a friend. <laughs> so purple and gray. I think this is interesting. See, again, I'm, I'm going to keep using that word interesting, which is funny because it's literally the opposite of boring. Interesting is a antonym to boring. You get the point. I'm going to stop explaining that. <laughs> I think it is interesting that these two colors in particular tie for your favorite because knowing that your first favorite color is blue, that's in like the warm wheel of the color wheel and purple is in that same category of like warm colors. But when you stop and think about it, purple can be, in my opinion, like one of the closest colors to gray. I mean, it depends on like how far on like the color scale of each individual color you go to to getting it to gray, but I feel like a lot of purple shades that don't have like a magenta undertone are often mistaken for being gray. So I think that's kind of funny that uh, purple and gray are tied because in a lot of ways, they're kind of the same color. They're not the same color. I know they're not the same color, don't come for me. But to me and the way I see the world, they often look like the same color. So I thought that that was pretty interesting. This next one, I relate to this. It says, I like naps. I love naps. I never take naps as often as I used to anymore, and it is kind of sad. It could be the reason for the downfall of everything in my life. I'm just kidding. Nothing's actually falling down. It's going great. Actually, better than it's gone in a while. So, I just made a joke there that doesn't make any sense. Anyways, I love naps. I love a good nap. I love a nap where you just crawl in bed. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Here is my perfect scenario for, like, one of the best naps you can take. It is a cold, it has to be cold, specifically chilly day. It is a cold, chilly day, preferably in December or January, maybe February, but it's pushing it. And you put on like some, not fleece, flannel. You put on flannel pajamas and maybe like a baggy sweatshirt and you crawl into bed. Oh, and you have to have a pair of socks on, and you crawl into bed, you pull your covers over you, you pull up a soft fuzzy blanket, and you snuggle with that blanket, and it is maybe like two in the afternoon when you take your nap, and you fall asleep, and because it's like winter, there's, it's cloudy outside, so there's like a, a bluish hazy light coming in through the curtains, because the curtains are obviously drawn, like you don't want the light shining in on you, so it's like peeking through, and it's like just enough light that it kind of sets like an ambiance or a mood for sleep, but it's not like an overpowering kind of light to the point that it's going to keep you awake the little bit that is shining through the curtains. And so you just fall asleep like that. You just, your eyes get heavy and you fall asleep and you knock out. Like the kind of sleep where when you wake up, you know you've been asleep for like several hours. You feel the time has passed, but you didn't dream you had no dreams. So it was like a peaceful, thoughtless sleep. And you wake up and it's like 5 or 5.30, probably just before the sun is going down if it's in December or January. And so you get to get up and you get to make yourself some like nice warm food and enjoy the sun as it sets. That is, in my opinion, the perfect scenario for the best nap. I love napping so much that I have my all-time favorite naps that I've ever taken in my life. That is how good a good nap is. Like, that is how good a good nap will leave an impression on you if you do it right. 
because not every nap is a good nap. Some naps, you wake up. I'm saying nap so many times. How many times have I said it? Uh, what's that game that people will play where it's like, take a shot for every word I'm saying or something, or take a drink? Like, take a drink for every time I say nap. There you go. You have to take another drink. Anyways, not every nap is a good nap. There are some naps where you either fall asleep accidentally, which can sometimes turn into the best naps because it's unexpected because your body is so tired. And then you wake up and you're like, wow, that is exactly what I needed. But sometimes you fall asleep when you're not trying to, when you really shouldn't have. And so then you wake up in like a panic, especially if you take a nap and you sleep maybe a little too long or you started your nap later in the day. So by the time you wake up, it's dark outside. It kind of messes you up. Like it messes up your, what is that called? Like your body's clock. I can't think of what that's called. But it messes that up because like it, it was light when you went to bed and then you wake up and it's dark. And so your body's like, wait a second. Normally we go to bed when it's dark and we wake up when it's light. How is this happening? So those naps, you can wake up and you can be like, uh, where the hell am I? You you have no idea how much time has passed. You might be sweaty because you were having like weird dreams. Do you ever like just wake up even without having weird dreams and you are just like sweating, dripping for some reason? I don't know why. Why does that happen? Does your body just naturally overheat when you're sleeping? I think you're, well, no. I was gonna say that I thought your body temperature increased while you sleep, but I'm actually like 90% sure that your body temperature actually decreases as you sleep. Watch that be wrong though. And I was like, I'm 90% sure. It's probably wrong. I probably have those reversed. Moving on from naps. Next one is I subconsciously curl my toes if I'm not wearing any shoes. This one is interesting because it's weird. One, very impressive that you have the awareness that you're curling your toes when you don't have your shoes on. Secondly, did I even say firstly? Anyways, my second thing about this is, does it hurt? Because I feel like in order to, to in order to curl your toes, you kind of have to be tensing your toes all the time when you don't have shoes on. And I feel like that would kind of hurt after a while, no? I don't know. Maybe you wear shoes a lot, and so when you're barefoot, it like kind of evens out. I don't know. I don't know how that would work. Also, I'm very interested as to why you subconsciously curl your toes when you don't have shoes on. That That is one of those things like psychologically that would be very interesting to study. I was listening to this podcast earlier this week at work and um, it's called Ladies and Tangents and there are these two girls and they're like early 30s and they're, they're both moms and they were talking about taking care of their kids when their kids were sick and one of them was saying that when she was putting her son to bed she noticed that he was running his fingers through his hair as he was falling asleep like as a self-soothing mechanism they talked about that the reason why they think he does that is because as a baby the mom one of the girls would run her fingers through his hair to help him fall asleep and the other girl in the conversation was saying yeah my son does that but with i think she said like stroke his cheek or something because she used to like rub his cheek a lot as a baby and that he does that now um, as a toddler. Kind of makes me wonder if they'll grow out of that over time. Um, but something that I still do that I wonder if I did this as a baby, I'll have to ask my mom. It's something that I noticed when I was like 10 or 11 that I did a lot and I don't do it as much, but I do still do it every now and then. When I am trying to fall asleep at night, I will just like rub my feet together. Kind of like when you like rub your feet together to keep them warm to kind of 
generally generate warmth. Sometimes it's mostly for that reason, is to like warm my feet up, but sometimes I think it's just a self-soothing mechanism. Like the the repetitive motion uh, can feel relaxing. So I kind of wonder if that's what the, the subconsciously curling your toes thing is. Is it some sort of leftover like nurture versus nature thing maybe uh, that got left over from when you were little or in like even adolescence, maybe you started doing it for some reason. So I think that that's pretty interesting. I, I know who you are, who, who sent this in. I know who you are. And I would love to actually talk to you about this <laughs> because this is very, very interesting to me. Okay, the next one, uh, going along with the, the, the feet theme, uh, nothing weird. Don't worry. Um, this person said, I sleep with socks on every day. Every day is in all caps. You know, I wouldn't have any any qualms with this because, you know, however you feel the most comfortable going to sleep is how you should go to sleep. You know, more power to you. But I do have questions. Uh, the main one being, how do you not get too hot during the summer? <laughs> like, sleeping with socks on, your feet and your head are the, like, pressure points? I don't know if that's the right word, right descriptive word there. Uh, but that's like where you, your temperature regulates from is from your feet and your head. So if you have socks on your feet, it's going to help your entire body to like stay warmer. And if it's already warm, because let's say it's summer, wouldn't you just be like so hot while you're sleeping? Wouldn't that drive you crazy? That would drive me crazy. But that's because I hate being hot. Like I hate it with a passion. I will say last summer, was absolutely miserable. This summer, I feel like I've acclimated more to being back in California after being in Virginia for four years for school. So it hasn't been as irritating to be so hot. However, I I still hate it with a passion. So yeah, so I just don't understand. During the winter, I will sleep with socks on every night, for sure. But uh, I don't know why I said for sure like that, but um, I did and uh, I can't, I can't change it. I mean, I could cut it out, but I'm probably not going to. Yeah weird. Okay, moving on. This one. <laughs> okay, so this one, I'm actually going to call out the person who sent this one in only because it made me feel so nice. <laughs> you're you're going to be like, what? After I read it to you, but I'm going to read it to you first, and then I'm going to tell you who sent it in. So it says, I like to eat a cheddar cheese stick for first breakfast every day. Second breakfast varies. Okay. Let's break this down because there are parts here to break down. One, are there a bunch of y'all out there like having more than one breakfast? I don't even have, have one breakfast to begin with. How are you having time and energy to have two breakfasts? Breakfasts? Breakfasts. I don't know how to speak today. So that's, that's the first thing. How are you doing that? Second, you're choosing a cheddar cheese stick for your first breakfast? Like that's your like... That's, that's like your breakfast appetizer. Oh, actually, that makes a lot of sense that I just said it like that. Because a cheese stick is an appetizer, like a mozzarella cheese stick. Although cheddar, I've never tried a cheddar cheese stick. Ch oh, wait, cheddar is in like string cheese? I'm not, I don't love cheese, so I'm not super familiar with all the different types of cheese and which cheeses are which. Anyways, so kind of makes sense that you would have a cheese stick as like your breakfast that's your appetizer to your main course breakfast, but also a little weird that you're having a cheese stick for breakfast. It's a little weird, but I also totally respect it. I am personally not the type of person that would eat like, say, cold pizza for breakfast, 
I've never been like that, but that's mostly because I I am a breakfast food person at heart. That is my favorite type of food. Give me all the waffles, French toast, bacon, oatmeal, cereal, scones. Give it all to me, okay? So it seems odd to be eating any any other type of food for breakfast, which really shouldn't be odd because I eat breakfast food for dinner all the time. So it shouldn't be weird to me, but for some reason it still is. Okay, now here's the last part of this. The person who submitted this is uh, Marty Nicole Pacheco, who is the girl I shouted out the girl, the woman, I shouted out on last week's episode, who was so kind in answering all my podcast questions. She followed me on Instagram, like my personal page, and then she followed my my podcast on Instagram. And I don't know if she, if she listens, if she will listen, if she has listened, I don't know. But like, I feel so seen that she decided to follow the podcast because I was following her and we messaged back and forth a little bit before we had that conversation about my questions questions about the podcast. And we've messaged a little bit back and forth since then, mostly me responding to her stories, being like, girl, you're killing it. You look so good today. Or why are your children the absolute cutest little human beings I've ever seen in my life? That kind of stuff. And uh, so she followed me on Instagram and I was like, oh my gosh, she knows I exist. Like... Kind of like in the same vein as like a teenage girl talking to like her crush and her crush using her name to address her for the very first time and realizing like, oh my gosh, he really does know I exist. Like I'm not invisible. It kind of feels like that. Like I feel like my crush has realized I exist by her following me on socials and and responding to one of these prompts. It makes me feel very cool. Um, Probably like an inflated amount of cool, but I'm gonna roll with it because I like it. (laughs) I like it. No, that song is I love it. Okay, anyways. Oh, although there is a Cardi B song that's um, dun, 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 dun. No, that's not how that song goes. What is it? I love that song because she's like, um, now I'm thinking of the Ariana Grande song that's like, I want it, I saw it, I like it, I bought it, that song. And then there's also... There's a song I'm trying to think of. I might just cut all this out because I don't remember where I was going with that. Oh, the Cardi B song. What is that song? Okay, now that's going to bother me. I'm going to have to look this up real quick. Let's see. I I like it. How does it go? There it is. It goes, I like it like that. Oh, dear God. I'm trying to sing on this podcast. You know what, though? That's very on brand for me that I would sing before I would cry. So there's that. Okay, so that finishes all of the submissions that I got on my Instagram. I thought it could be fun to to list some actually like kind of banally boring facts about people. For example, if somebody said, I don't like strawberries, that is actually boring. Like, I feel like nobody cares. Nobody would find that interesting. Considering I just found something interesting out of all the ones that I just read, And I can't find something interesting about not liking strawberries. I mean, maybe if I thought about it hard enough, I could find something. But I don't really want to do that right now. So I feel like that would be really boring. Or like saying like, I'm afraid of spiders. I feel like that would be boring because most people are afraid of spiders. 
or like some sort of insect or maybe reptile, like maybe you're scared of snakes, that kind of stuff. Another boring one going off of my whole holiday rant from earlier, uh, saying Christmas is your favorite holiday. I feel like that would be boring because I think Christmas is everyone's, almost everyone's favorite holiday. I feel like there are three types of holiday people. There's Halloween people, which is a category I fall into. There are Christmas people, a category I do not fall into. And then there's like birthday people. And birthdays are not actually like technically holidays, but they're they're like personal holidays, you know? And some people go like hard for their birthday. I, I'm kind of like that, which I guess is like very stereotypical, like white girl of me to like really care about my birthday. But growing up, my mom made a really big effort to make my birthday feel special because when she was growing up, birthdays weren't like a big deal in her household. So it was important to her to like be able to do that for, for her kids. And so I've always felt like birthdays are really important. I've always tried to make birthdays uh, for like my friends and loved ones important in some way, whether it's like decorating or taking them to lunch or baking them like a treat or, you know, whatever, because I think birthdays kind of have the same vibe as Valentine's Day in the sense that a lot of people dislike Valentine's Day because, you know, they feel like it gives people the excuse to get kind of lazy the rest of the year and be like, oh, we have one day to celebrate and show like how romantic and how loving you can be and all of those things. And I feel like birthdays kind of have that same vibe of like, oh, this is one day where where I'm going to show you how grateful I am for you, uh, for, for you being born, right, for you being in my life. Kind of like Mother's Day and Father's Day, same, same concept. Like we're going to celebrate you today on this one day. But really, in all those scenarios, like what what the main goal is on, in all of those is like, showing somebody you love that you love them and are appreciative of them and that that's not like that's not something that should only be done one day a year that one day a year should be like a bonus like an extra reason to maybe do something a little more than what you should be normally doing every day or as often as you can depending on you know, the relationship with that person uh, to make them feel special and loved and cared for. I guess technically there is also one more category uh, that I, I kind of forget about just because it's not really my favorite holiday, um, but it's 4th of July. I know a lot of people love 4th of July. So there's Halloween people, there's Christmas people, birthday people, and 4th of July people. And the 4th of July people are the people who go all out with barbecuing, with with drinking beer and doing fireworks. I think that's part of the reason why I actually don't like 4th of July is because of the fireworks. I think they're really pretty, but I feel like almost every fireworks show looks exactly the same and it's just not worth it to my ears. My ears don't find it worth it. So there was another tangent for you. Another boring fact. This could be a boring fact, but I actually think that this could be a very riveting discussion. No. Not a riveting discussion. Rather, this is an active debate is really what it is. And it's this. There are our water drinkers, right? They will chug 80 million ounces of water. Ounces? Gallons? Shows you how much water I drink in a day that I don't even know. But they will chug and chug water. And like that will be all, that'll be all they drink is just water. But then there's also people who like never drink water. And then there's milk drinkers, which I fall into that category and all of those things. But I feel like there is a community or, or 
maybe a sub-community, sub-communities within the water drinking community that have very strong opinions on the taste or the flavor of different waters. This is not a new idea. This is not, not revolutionary or astounding at all, and I'm sure you know exactly what I'm talking about, but that there are, like, different water brands or, like, where you get your water from, if it's, like, tap, if it is filtered, all those things... It, it tastes different. Not all water tastes the same. Some people can't tell a difference and they're like, the water is just water. It all tastes the same. It doesn't matter what brand it's from. It doesn't matter if it's from the sink or from a filter. It doesn't matter if it's warm or cold, which I can understand people who feel strongly about the different flavors of water and who will like say, no, I'm only going to drink Crystal Geyser or I'm only going to drink Arrowhead. I can understand that, you know, respect. However, I cannot get behind drinking warm water. I I cannot do it. I, I will do it if I have to, <laughs> if I have no other option. But my water has to be cold. Ice in the water at all times, cold. Because otherwise, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Otherwise, it tastes disgusting. I can get past different brands of water tasting differently or different filters or non-filtered water tasting differently as long as it's cold. But if it's warm, this might sound kind of gross, but if it's warm, it kind of sounds like I'm just swallowing my own saliva, you know? And I don't really like that. I started going off on a tangent about something and then I totally lost track of what I was saying. So I think it's just time to wrap it up. Like I said, it is very late for me right now. And I think I'm starting to crash from that caffeine, <laughs> from the caffeine hit. So um, uh, thank you again for submitting your info on Instagram for today's episode. Please keep an eye out on my, on the, on the, the Instagram, on my Instagram stories for the email to submit ghost stories to and your favorite spooky things. Maybe we might split that up. Maybe we'll do a favorite Halloween things episode and then we'll do a scary stories episode. I think I think that could be fun. Maybe we'll do it that way. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, be sure to do all the things like rate, review, subscribe, comment, and share. Sharing and commenting and rating, super important. That's how the podcast gets out to other people and they get to hear it and then they can share it with other people and, you know, the ripple effect just starts happening. So I would so appreciate it if you wouldn't mind giving it a five star. Um, if you think it's awesome, if you think it's mediocre, give it a three star. And if you're like, why did I just listen to this? Feel free to give it a one star. I mean, I wouldn't love that if you did it, but, you know, I, I would appreciate the honesty if you did do that. I still haven't found, like, a catchy, like, um, uh, phrase to end the episode with yet, so that'll, that'll come along. Give me, give me some ideas. Oh, that would be awesome. Okay, so a lot of podcasts I follow, they have, like, a phrase that they say at the end of their podcast to kind of, to signal, okay, we're done now, bye. If you think of something clever or punny for me to say at the end of the episode, comment it on whatever platform you're listening to this right now. Uh, go in and shoot me a, this was an awesome podcast, and here's what I think you should say, this is my idea. Um, like, the bad, pro the bad broadcast, she does be kind what does she say? She says, be safe, be kind, be hot. And she just recently added be normal because apparently 
some stories she was getting were getting a little weird and she was like, y'all need to chill. Uh, scared to death is like, thanks so much for joining joining us. We hope you were scared to death. So like something like that. That's that's what I'm what I mean by like a, a little f- catchy phrase at the end. So shoot me shoot me your ideas in uh, the comment review section. I'd love to hear it. Okay, I I think that's a wrap for this episode. I think I'm gonna call it. So thank you so much for listening, and I will catch you next week. Bye.